0: Bodega, bur- bodega, bur- bodega. Bur- Alpha and Omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sawing a bada. Serving platter. Hey, hey, Jamie.
1: Yes. Uh, did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the script there?
0: Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. La la la. Detector test. Indecent bundle out. your home and auto and with progressive, progressive today. The Marmot mangled by musha pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini, and you're listening to Gender Question. Here, we will look at an issue that's in the news using the lens of gender. The idea is to take a blind spot and throw some light on it. Back in 2014. The world athletics had a different set of rules when it came to testing testosterone levels in athletes competing in the female category of international sporting events. A quick science lesson. Testosterone is a type of sex hormone or androgen. Now all bodies produce androgens, but they produce them in differing quantities. Testosterone or T, is produced in larger quantities by who we refer to as males and is responsible for what are considered male characteristics musculature, hair, etc. What we think of as female bodies also produce testosterone. This is referred to as naturally occurring testosterone levels. Now sports bodies like the International Olympics Commission and the IAAF which now goes by the name World Athletics have a long history of conducting gender verification tests which even included genital examination of female athletes. But in 2011, the IAAF announced that it would abandon all references to gender verification or gender policy. Instead, it came up with what it now called a test for hyperandrogenism, which was to be conducted when it felt it had reasonable grounds to do so. Hyperandrogenism meant having higher levels of naturally occurring testosterone levels in the blood of athletes that competed in the female category. If an athlete was found to have over 10 nanomoles of naturally occurring T per litre of their bloodstream, they were required to have it reduced either through drugs or through surgery or else not compete. And then a young Indian sprinter called duti Chand was dropped from the team that was about to leave for the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in 2014. The reason? A gender verification test conducted by the Athletics Federation of India, an affiliate, that is to say, of the IAAF, which found that her T levels were above the prescribed threshold. I spoke to Payoshni Mitra, an athletes' rights activist and a scholar, who has worked closely with hyperandrogenic athletes from Asia and Africa, including Duti Chand and Castor Semenya, having assisted them in their legal battle challenging these IAAF rules. Thanks for joining, Pyoshni. So I just want to start with talking a little bit about the Duthi Chand case. And if you can just walk us through, you know, some of the happenings, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes. Now, what we do know was that uh, Duthi was ready to go. She was part of a contingent that was ready to go to uh, Glasgow. And then at the last minute, she was pulled out. And uh, And I remember her telling me this when I went to interview her, that uh, the very next day, even before she was sort of informed about why she was pulled out, the very next day, she herself read in the newspaper that uh, she was pulled out on account of something called a gender test, a so-called gender test. And the newspaper even went so far as to say that she is not a woman. right? And that's what the test has found. And for Duti, who at that time was a very young woman, she was around 18 this was all very confusing and uh, certainly there was no consent that was taken from her when this test was conducted you know by the indian athletics federation
2: i i can't be thankful enough to you i mean i'm sure there would have been some other person who would have called me but the fact that this was dropped from the team um i first came to know about it from you right um and uh, I remember being in a, in a hospital where I, ha- I was undergoing an MRI because of my back pain. I and
0: see. that's
2: when you had called. Um, and that's how I got the news that Duthi was dropped from, um, uh, from the team because you saw probably the Times of India article that, was, um, that came, which you were talking about, which Duthi also saw in the newspaper and was surprised. Well. Um, so, yes, my journey in Duthi's case started with you.
0: Uh, i just add one thing. This actually, it was not just me. It was also my colleague, Rudranil Sengupta. Because I think he, at that time, he, I mean, he's also a writer of sport and he's written some wonderful books. Um, uh, but, uh, and I'm hoping that someday I will get him on this podcast as well. So I remember that
2: specific call I got from you. I didn't say much uh, because I obviously had not, no, not much idea about Duti. So the next steps were me trying to find out Duti's number, from some trusted friends I had in the media. I would call you today. At that time, I didn't know you as much. didn't ask you. Uh, And then I got in touch with her. I told her one thing that there was a lot of talks about gender tests, gender tests. And by that time, the Association for Athletics Federations, now called the World Athletics, had changed the name of the regulations from gender verification to um, Hyperandrogenism, and I felt uh, because I had already worked with Shanti Singh and B D Pramanik, yeah, I need the kind of scrutiny athletes kind of receive from the media, um, whether it's English, uh, you know, or particular language uh, yeah. media. The amount of scrutiny one receives uh, if the moment there is this uh, idea of gender test comes in. So I was sort of i tried to tell her that this is this was under the hyperandrogenism regulations so if anybody asks you anything say that it was about testosterone because i thought yeah. that would help in some way um, at least uh, the idea of you know the question that is generally asked is whether this person is a boy or a girl i yeah. wanted to avoid so that was my little message for duti and i told her i'll come to see her when she comes back to her village yeah uh, Asked her to call me if she feels like. Now, I also told her that I have worked with these athletes before Shanti and Pinky, and she has never heard of them. When I read it on newspapers that the Orissa government had sent a couple of uh, women coaches to bring her back from Bangalore, Hmm. that's when I called her back because she did not call me back. So I called her back and said, "Uh, Well, are you in Orissa? I will come to see you. Now, this, I, you know, as I just told you, that I had a back pain at that time. Was being treated for that, so I travelled with my mother because I wasn't supposed to carry anything. Okay. There were times I was not able to sit up if I was lying down, so she came with me to Orissa, hmm. and um, I went to see Duti, and yeah. she received me with a smile. But most of uh, the talks that we I and mean, most of the talking was done by Saraswati, who's uh, Duti's
1: uh, sister yeah.
2: Duti was in Patiala. And uh, before that, she did phenomenally well in Taiwan.
1: Um,
2: And after that, there were some questions about how is it that she's doing so well. Yeah. So the Athletics Federation of India asked her to move to Bangalore because the Glasgow Commonwealth Games, as well as the World um, Junior uh, Championships in Oregon, were forthcoming, And she was supposed to go there in 2014 so it was both it was the world juniors and then the commonwealth games that uh, she was part of Um, and um, she was asked to by the athletics federation of india to move to bangalore so that she can get her visas done i also trained with i think the relay team i think she was for commonwealth games especially she was part of the relay team right yes um so when she comes to delhi i think hours before that she was told that she must visit um, this uh, athletics uh, federation of India. Medical commission chairperson Arun Mendi rapta and she went there with one of her um, the agency with one member from the agency who were managing her at that time. Mm. And uh, she was uh, she underwent a test, and she was not clearly told what it was about. Uh, she was told something around it's about high performance. Mm. Um, and Um, you know, what the test that was done was a USG, ultrasonography um, test was done. Mm. So imaging, um, you know, there's imaging done of your um, abdomen area. And this is one of the tests that were traditionally done for uh, these kind of testing.
1: Right. Um,
2: but, um, But there was no message given to her, no paperwork. No evidence. So, athletic federation of India testing that secret test is extremely important in the larger context, because here is an organization which says that they are bound by the rules of the World Athletics. Yeah, and they are imple- they are implementing these regulations because the international body is suggesting that these regulations are there. Yeah. So, in that case, it is the responsibility also of the international body. To ensure that these regulations are implemented or not implemented in the right way, right? What did the AAF do since Dutty's case to stop these things from happening in the national level? They may have just announced as part of the DSG regulations that these th- that athletes can take part in national uh, take part in national competition only. They will be stopped in international competition. Now, even if an athlete is going to be stopped in international condition. Um, international competition, um, what is the national body going to do, you think? They are going to conduct their own tests to find out, right? Yeah. So these tests will go on. Now, what what has World Athletics done since the time of Duthi Chand's case, 2014, to stop this from happening? Nothing. They have not even stopped Arun Mendiratta from being the chair of the Athletics Federation of India Medical Commission. Arun Mandiratta was re-elected as a member of the Asian Athletics Association Medical Commission uh, in Doha in 2019.
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm. So, can I say one thing? I think that there is a very important point that you're making here, and that is something that the new DSD regulations actually have not at all talked about. Um, they they are saying that they're basically the, 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 the new regulations are in accordance with what is now understood as gender affirmative care right in terms of the treatment and hormone replacement therapy and surgical interventions if necessary etc that is of course debatable but you know and that's probably the subject of another conversation uh, later but as of now the dsd is clearly trying to the dsd regulations are trying to sort of put in place some kind of um, consent seeking uh, privacy uh, keeping the privacy of the you know athlete in question, keeping it intact, etc. But I think that that itself uh, does not address one main issue and which is that on what basis do these tests happen? And that is again something that remains completely shrouded in mystery even when it comes to the Duti Chan case. Why, in the first place, did the Athletics Federation of India uh, get Duti to come to Delhi? and conduct the ultrasonography, right? The USG. And as you were saying earlier, that it is on their recommendation, the, uh, the Athletic Federation India's recommendation, that the SAI, the Sports Authority of India, then in Bangalore conducted a blood test on duti This itself is something that one has to sort of pause and consider, right? On what basis are these happening? Is it that every sports body, male, female, intersex, whoever the body may be, right? Is it that all of them are subject to this kind of guerrilla testing? I think that is a question that we need to sort of really think about.
2: I think it's an important question that you are asking and it is also connected with the idea of autonomy of sport governing bodies, which uh, we know that historically, all, almost all national governments have had an issue with. And this is a huge, problem, because today, um, you know, now I do talk a lot more about international issues because, you know, because of my uh, association to so many of the African athletes as well. Yeah. Um, um, and if you notice that the IWF uh, in their press release says that they are a private body with contractual powers, you know, they're not subjected to, uh, they're not bound by these universal declaration of human rights or the European Convention of Human Rights. So they they try to distance themselves from human rights issues, uh, from human rights principle, because they are a sporting body uh, with contractual powers. And that is extremely dangerous. That leaves scope for so much a violation of young athletes' rights. Uh, We already know, Damini, because of the work that you do or I do, that athletes are often not aware of their rights. They are increasingly becoming more aware, but many young athletes. They are not aware of their rights.
0: Yeah. So the so the question of actual accountability is something that I think uh, that's what the case also did, right? Uh, so you were actually narrating the trajectory to us. So Duthi comes back to Bangalore, uh, and uh, Dithi comes back to ba- comes to Bangalore. There
2: were two further tests done. Then the, those go out uh, in in the press. Um, the the fact press. she was dropped, you know, the way she was dropped last yeah. minute. Yeah. From the team, the rest of the team went, and her name was suddenly dropped. It yeah. is evident in the media that she has been dropped for a reason, yeah. um, and it was not handled very well nationally. So obviously, that led me to get involved. I was all, already in touch with international um, advocates for uh, the ad, advocates against these regulations uh, from around 2012, uh, because I had worked with other athletes before, okay.
1: right?
2: Right. Uh, yeah and shanti and i was also in fact in direct contact with some of the medical commission persons of the iwf like, like not um, iwf or ioc because i had met Ine youngst
1: hmm. martin
2: rich before
1: hmm.
2: this had, had happened i was in stockholm and i met and had uh, meetings with them before so i was i was speaking to people from both sides of the debate before yeah. i formed my opinion around it And I was also meeting and speaking to athletes by the time this case happened. So I had already done some of my homework by then, which is why it's easier to connect with people across the world. And um, I also had done some work with the Ministry of Youth, Affairs and Sports by that time, which is why um, even Mr. Thompson, uh, Gigi Thompson, who was the DG uh, at um, SCI Connected. Mm -hmm with me. I mean, I called him and told him that I had met with Duthi and they needed to sort of be very careful before they do any more press conference or anything about how they place it because otherwise there is a question about her gender, which wasn't uh, the best thing. So I remember uh, writing to Mr. Thompson right after I met with Duty in her village mm-hmm. and Thompson later on wanted me to come to Delhi with Duti. Duti refused to come mm. with me because at that time she was still not able to trust me enough. Mm. And then he asked to come and speak to the Sai, um, other officials. And I, I was it was not pre-planned, so I just went there and came to Delhi. And I was asked to speak in front of a gathering of about twenty twenty-five higher officials of Sai mm. on the issue. I mean, I think I and I did that, and then immediately. Uh, DG Sai, uh, Mr. Thompson said that how about nominating her as the advisor to Bhuti Chand, mediator and advisor in this whole thing and sending her back to Bhubaneshwar. So I went directly from there to Bhubaneshwar again,
1: hmm. trying
2: to mediate her between the uh, national government and the Orissa government who were by Bhuti's side at that time. So that was what was happening nationally. Right. I must add here that the, I think um, the tribal ministry Ministry of Travel Affairs um, uh, had uh, uh, also taken up the issue and talked about it in the parliament, um, asked questions to the sport minister. So there was some pressure happening at the parliament which also helped bring the issue to the forefront, obviously. And the sports ministry took uh, gave it more importance because it was a case of an individual athlete. Never before, if you can remember, never before in the history of Indian sport, an India, individual athlete was supported as much yeah. and supported to fight a case at court of arbitration for sport.
0: And also, that it was a missed opportunity, as a matter of fact, in 2006 when the similar, very, very similar thing happened with Santi Sandarajan, who, of course, belongs to the Dalit community and who, uh, again, whose quote unquote gender was called into question. Um, in the case of duti however, as you said, you know, there was this immediate sort of like response that came into being because there were conversations that started happening about, you know, so pause, don't make this about gender. This is a national level athlete who has been dropped. And this is then not just a question of somebody's. Uh, so, so there is a recognition that's, that a wrong is being done. So let's pause here. Let's try and say what has happened. Let's try and understand what has happened. And let's just maybe tackle this differently. Right. At what point did this decision to go to CAS come into being? I think mean,
2: I will just go back to Shanti once again. Shanti's case happened in 2006, December. Um, when she was uh, she won the silver medal at Asian Games and was uh, then tested and her medal was withdrawn. Correct. At that time, I was in the US uh, doing an internship with the Women's Sports Foundation and I was asked about it. Mm. And I had not much answer. I was doing my PhD on gender equality in sport, but I didn't have much idea about it. So I went to see Shadi in 2010 hmm. and uh, then I remember coming back while I was uh, taking my flight uh, uh, back to Calcutta, uh, the news came that Semenya is allowed to run 11 months after she was dropped, you know, he, she was sort of asked to not compete internationally. So they were all sort of, as I said, it's a beautiful book uh, that we are talking about. You know, Yeah, yeah, really. Um, and, and it's Shanti. all happening together. I mean, in disparate. We're all happening. Basically. I remember images. I remember images. You I know, mean, I remember the tele- Watching the television suddenly, and it says that Castor Sarmen is allowed to run, yeah. and I was
0: coming back from meeting Shanti in December two thousand and six. Shanti Sandurajan had finished second in the eight hundred meters at the Asian Games in Doha, Qatar. And while the IOC and the IAAF had stopped testing every female athlete around a decade before, they retained the right to test an athlete's chromosomes when questions about her sex arose. This meant that they could perform a hormone test, give a gynecological exam, and even do a psychological evaluation. The day after Santhi's race, the Athletics Federation of India drew her blood and examined her body. Some of her results were leaked to the media and it was reported that she had failed a sex test. By 2010, Santhi was working at a brickkin. Her medals stripped away. Meanwhile, in the African continent, Casta Semenya, who was already creating waves in the international events in the 800-metre category, had also been barred from running after a test was conducted on her. In 2010, the IAAF cleared her to run, and a year later, changed their rules to what they now called the hyper rule.
2: Professor so Bruce Kidd from Canada, who is a former Olympian, um, who has been a great supporter uh, for me personally as well since then. Bruce Kidd was contacted by James Bunting in, in Toronto, saying that if this athlete needs a lawyer, I'm happy to help. Mm-hmm. And it was Bruce's idea that we should go to court for depression for a sport. So, Duthi, uh, so we decided to uh you know sort of do Chand will fight the case i had the power of attorney on her behalf and uh, the government uh, said that they will provide all the supporting
0: costs and they did how did she react to uh the decision to go to cass was this something that she wanted to take on she was always a fighter so, yeah
2: yeah uh, he's she's always been a fighter but you see another thing i have often uh, been asked by some of the athletes i have who were already competing and had to take medical steps before that we didn't know that he could go to CAS. So, that fourth option of taking legal, you know, actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was not into any of the athletes before duty. not even Chanty,
1: right? Right?
2: Not Chanty, not I mean, Casta had some legal support obviously from Greg, but she never ended up going to CAS challenging our regulations. Yeah, it was Duty mm-hmm for the first time yeah. um, who did that. There were no regulations being challenged at the court of arbitration for sport before duti Chand.
0: Okay, so can you start by telling us what happened, what happened with the cast, uh, at the cast verdict, which allowed basically duti to run?
2: So the cast judgment said, um, we'll do this case in July 2015, 15, uh, 27 July, 2015. Mm. Um, the date was not written here. It's in my yeah. mind. Uh, the IWF needs to establish that the characteristic in question confers such a significant performance advantage over other members of the category that allowing individuals with that characteristic to compete would subvert the very basis for having the separate category and thereby prevent a level playing field. The degree or magnitude of the advantage is critical. So one of the things we discussed in uh, in this case was what was the degree of advantage that one was getting. Is it similar to what a man gets over a woman? Hmm. The differences in performances of men and women. The how much is that, and is it comparable to the differences uh, in performance of women athletes with DSD? With um, women athletes with no DSD. you see that was the kind of comparison that we were talking about I see now what the IWF did is and the CAS allowed the IWF to come back in the next two years with fresh evidence to back their hyperandrogenism regulations I see now, in two years the IWF came back not with evidence to back their hyperandrogenism regulations which was a blanket uh, regulations for all women okay they were not able to provide enough scientific evidence to back it for every, for the every event. Every event. They had some scientific evidence according to them, which I don't consider okay. enough, but that's my personal view. Um, so that was correlational data. Okay. So they could not prove causation that endo- this level of endogenous testosterone in a woman would have this level of performance advantage. That would be causational data, right? right? So there was no causational data uh, available, even when they came back with the DSG regulations. A lot of uh, flaws with the study that IWF did, and there are papers by Roger Tilkey um, and Ross Tucker and these people about, you know, and a lot, a lot of other sort of uh, scholars uh, who have uh, sort of critiqued the IWF study.
1: I see. One.
2: Uh, one of the problems, obviously, with the IWF study is the people who were studying it are the very people who are director of the medical commission. So people, the scientists were not really neutral who were doing the study. So that is a big question. But apart from that, there were a lot of flaws because they selected their data depending on what they wanted to prove. And there was something that they wanted to prove because they wanted to come back. Uh, uh, with a response uh, to right. this judgment that was given in July 2015, right? Right. Now, you also need to understand that we who oppose these regulations, we don't have the resources of the IWF that would have helped us probably run parallel studies you know, Yeah. Studies that we don't have. Um, we are, you know, it, it's the story of all dissenters everywhere. That's one of the problems, of course. So they came back. They worked hard. And that much I will give to them. Um, even though they I feel they came back with bad signs. And the court felt that, um, it was, um, it was okay, um, as far as at least two events were concerned. So the IAA's DSD regulations could not provide enough data for other events, but they wanted to stop athletes who were competing, uh, in events between 400 meters and 1500 meters. And the cast said they had enough data for 400 meters and 800 meters mm. but they didn't have enough data for 1500 meters so they the CAS asked the IWF to reconsider whether they would want to have 1500 meters under the DSG regulations now this is where I felt CAS could have been a lot more direct and said that you can't have it because you don't have the data if mm. they really care but they left it to the IWF. again the autonomy of the sport governing bodies coming in here and the IWF decided that they will not exclude 1500 meters from the DST regulations, even though they didn't have
0: the data to back their argument. So there you have it. This is how Duti Chand, a young woman from a weaving community in Odisha, challenged an international regulation at the very highest authority of sport and won. The hyperandrogenism rule was renamed to Differences in Sex Development Regulation. The IAAF is now the World Athletics. The scope of the regulation was curtailed to specific categories as a result of the hearing at the Court for Arbitration of Sport. And the new DSD regulation states that pending further scientific review, the regulation is quite liable to change. So there is another lesson to draw from it. At the heart of this issue of creating a level-playing field lies the shifting sands of the scientific method. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, do reach out to me at the Red on Twitter. You can also leave your feedback at HT Smartcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast.
1: HT Smartcast.